Good morning, Nashville. My name is Braden Gall, and this is the 444 Wednesday, November 11th. All right, I'm not going to use the C word today, but we've got to talk about games getting canceled in the SEC, namely LSU and Alabama and Texas A&M at Tennessee, two games that Nashville, Tennessee cares probably the most about. And if you're a college football fan, you're talking about two college football playoff contenders that are now going to be down a game. What are the actual implications of all of these games getting canceled, which also, of course, includes Auburn and Mississippi State? If you want an indication of how far LSU has fallen and where this game is now located, at least for this year, in the hierarchy of SEC importance, it may not need to be played. How about that? LSU, of course, has already moved one of its games with Florida to the end of the year, and so December 12th, the weekend before the SEC championship game, is now no longer available for LSU as an open date to move their game with Alabama. Alabama has a little bit more flexibility, but at the end of the day, if Alabama is 9-0 and they've already clinched the Western Division, they may not need to play a football game against LSU in 2020. And I don't care what side you're on, that's just sad. It's the best football game largely in the SEC every single year, and this year it's so meaningless that they may not even have to play it. Texas A&M and Tennessee, of course, getting 86th, gives Jeremy Pruitt and his guys a stay of execution for at least one more week. More on that in a second. But really, the importance for Texas A&M is they've got to build resume wins. This is a beauty contest for the Aggies. They have to put together really impressive showings every single Saturday with big-time performances on both sides of the ball. And there was no indication that Tennessee was going to stop them from doing that this weekend. So this is a huge loss for Texas A&M. The good news for all college football fans, is that if neither game is needed at the end of the season, it means that we have a just champion. It means that the team that wins the West, be it Alabama or A&M, is the right champion. In this situation, probably Alabama. But the most important thing is to get the right teams into the championship games playing for the championships that deserve it. And if both teams have a game canceled, at least we can say that it's sort of fair. Of course, 8-1 and one may not be good enough for Texas A&M to get into the playoff. And that's unfortunate. But these are the cards we've been dealt. It's 2020. It is what it is, folks. Tennessee quarterback Jarrett Garantano has been listed as day-to-day by head coach Jeremy Pruitt, and regardless of when the Vols take the field the next time, what is the plan at quarterback for Tennessee? And God, am I tired of asking that question. It's the coaching staff's job to develop and prepare a quarterback and then put that player in the best possible situation to succeed. That means creating a scheme that allows the player to make easy reads and act quickly and then calling the right plays in the right situations. It's then the player's job, Harrison Bailey in this situation, to be as ready to execute those plays to the best of his abilities at that time. For example, fourth and four on the road, trailing by two scores late in the fourth quarter, likely isn't the perfect situation to put a player making his first meaningful throw in college football. One thing Vols fans can simply no longer argue is that when Jarek Garantano went out of the game, the offense came to a screeching halt. He has been definitively the best option at quarterback for two seasons in a row, and it's not really even close. And we finally got some insight from Tennessee quarterbacks coach Chris Winkie about Bailey's development when speaking at the Knoxville Quarterback Club. Quote, a young guy that doesn't exactly understand what to do or how to do it or why he's doing it, it does take time. 
And when that happens and you start second guessing yourself and you're trying to process information, your body slows down. That's typically what happens with young quarterbacks. I think that's what we're seeing now, end quote. First of all, just imagine a large room of boomers eating cafeteria-style food, sitting around peppering Winky with questions about a teenager who just turned 19 last week. God bless college football. Secondly, doesn't that answer tell you everything you need to know about why Bailey hasn't been given the reins to the offense yet? He's not ready. Which begs a few questions. Why not? And when is the right time? As I've said on this show many times, he simply doesn't give you the best chance to win because his ability to execute or the staff's inability to develop him or scheme him up correctly isn't good enough yet. And a lot of that hangs around Jeremy Pruitt, Jim Chaney, and the offensive coaching staff. You have not developed this player to a point where he is ready to compete and be successful in the SEC. That's your first answer, and it's fairly easy. But it doesn't mean that Bailey can't help this team down the road by doing good work, getting reps, and learning this year, regardless of what that does to the win-loss record. As I've said many times this season, if getting to start at quarterback for the University of Tennessee results in you having to deal with some adversity, and then that adversity gets you benched or you struggle, and that has a permanent mental impact on your career, then playing starting quarterback in the SEC ain't for you. No, you can physically get beaten up and maybe sustain some long-term injuries by being too young or too inexperienced and struggling in the SEC for sure. But mentally, no chance. There is no such thing as a bad rep. So if Vol fans are punting on 2020, as they should be, and Garantano can't play anyway, give the ball to Harrison Bailey and let him sling it around. Forget the final score, forget the stats, take the reps, and to quote the great Jason Isbell, thank God for the work. The NFL made some big news on Tuesday by officially voting to expand their playoff from 14 to 16 teams should not every team finish the full 16-game slate. This news hits especially close to home, as we all know what it was like to wake up every single morning and just refresh Twitter for hours until the previous day's test results came in. I'm sorry, I'm already relapsing. Okay. Anyway, the vote comes after the worst week of Rona testing the league has experienced all season long. The NFL has had more than twice as many positive cases as they experienced back in late September with the Titans debacle. So the league took action. And expanding the NFL playoffs should be of particular importance to a first-place team with glaring holes on both sides of the ball entering the most difficult stretch of the season, a.k.a. the Tennessee Titans. The next three games, two with Indy and one with Baltimore, will likely decide the Titans' playoff seeding fate. And I say seeding because they are far too good to miss the playoffs, it would seem. But if you lose to the Colts once in the Ravens, which would not be all that far-fetched at all, you'd be staring at a knockdown dragout fight for a wildcard spot. And while that seems crazy to think about, considering how good the Titans have been, it's important to note that if some games get canceled, and all indications are that we should be at minimum prepared for that possibility, that now two more AFC teams are going to make the playoffs. In fact, it all but assures the Tennessee Titans will be making the postseason regardless of what happens over the next three weeks. While 200,000 new cases of a virus in a single day is a really bad thing, at least the NFL has potentially added four more playoff spots to their postseason. So we got that going for us. Thank you guys so much for listening. Please rate, review, and subscribe. I don't say that just to waste my breath. I really do need you guys if you're so inclined. 
to compliment the show or insult the show, whatever. Just share it. Tell everybody. My name is Braden Gall. You can follow me on Twitter at Braden Gall. This has been the 440 for Wednesday, November 11th. The 440 is a production of 440 Media, written and produced by Braden Gall, music by William Tyler. Thank you.